0: Welcome to the Lords of Loud, where four music fans from Australia who have turned our old email debates into this podcast. I'm Lord Ben, and if we were the Beatles, I'd obviously be the smart one, but modest too. With me as always, (coughs) Lord Kev, the quiet one, because he can't clip on a
1: mic. (coughs)
0: Welcome to the Lord of Loud. This is an isolation special on shoegaze music and it has been a long time coming. Um, With me tonight, but also not with me tonight, is Silent Lord Ben. Yes, he's here, but he isn't. He's overseeing me um, from a distance, but I feel like he's right here being quiet um, because he's my uh, sound engineer. He's going to... um, Sort out, uh, what I attempt to play you tonight, and um, what am I going to play you tonight? Well, first of all, um, as is traditional, um, on the regular Lords of Loud, the regular, uh, non-isolation Lords of Loud episodes, we have an album of the week, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that uh, my album of the week this week is Never Mind the Bollocks, by. A little old band called the Sex Pistols, um, from the United Kingdom, or the UK. Yeah, um, I've been listening to this in the car, and it's a cracking little, cracking little set of songs for your earlobes, and never more relevant than it was when it was recorded back in nineteen fruitcake. Um, great album, um, hilarious and um, acerbic and um, contradictory um, (laughs) and all of those things and all the accusations that can be levelled at it are true but one thing is is equally true and that is it's a damn good lesson even now um, as I can testify um, almost want to roll down my windows as I head into work with EMI scrolling out um, uh scrolling out, um, screaming out of the windows on my way down, um, Sandgate Road there, um, and it's so so accurate for what's going on right now, um, you know the COVID stuff, number one, um, and just just the reaction to uh overlord power. Uh, number two, but also um, I like to dedicate this to the Brighton Bulldogs football team, comprised mainly of expatriate English people, um, who still don't understand that the monarchy is a curse, um, as Johnny Rotten tried to make it clear for you uh, back then in nineteen seventy seven. Um, it's a it's a fact. It remains a fact, and. Um, the United Kingdom is uh, utterly divided by that reality. Today now, more than it ever was. So happy days, happy COVID, happy Brexit, and I'll stop talking about this now before I start swearing. So um, uh, Ben, do you have anything to add? (coughs) Nothing from Ben, not really, nothing from Ben. Um, Tonight, uh, we're gonna finally get round to uh, a subject matter Um, that I have been trying desperately to do a little video about, uh, or a little uh isolation recording about, um, for the whole of COVID, the whole of COVID, eh? But I have, uh, I have had, I have had trouble narrowing it down to a wee concept. So what I've done is I've sent the family away. Um, I've had a bottle of red wine, two. And um, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm just gonna go for it in the best way I you know how I've tuned up a whole lot of YouTube clips, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna fire into it with um with just some sounds really uh the easiest way I know how to um get inspired by music is to listen to music um so let's do it right now. I've actually seen it's 1990 something, maybe 1990, and fledging um, fledgling, fledgling uh, Lord Cave is in Edinburgh. Uh, a young student is sent there by his um, by his mum. Uh, she had three kids. I was the oldest. Let's be fair. So you're 16. Off you go, son. Time for you to uh, fly free. There's me in Edinburgh, and uh, I meet a guy called Derek, Derek Kennedy, and Derek uh, introduces me to My Bloody Valentine, uh, and he plays me, the song you just heard, You Made Me Realise. And it made me realise very little, apart from the fact that um, I'd been listening to a lot of The Fall and The Smiths, and uh, there was a larger world. Um, Yeah, the song blew me away, and um, I had to ask myself what was that I was hearing. I didn't know where it came from. I really didn't. Uh, that's because I was 17. Maybe. Maybe I said I was 16 before but I was actually 17. Um, point is, point is, um, this is what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about a, a certain musical genre. A genre known by many names. Some call it uh, shoegaze. Some call it uh, dream pop some call it um oh no that's it that's it uh, there was one more name uh, as as a as a music geek uh, in those years i read the music papers and um before it was known as either of those things the scene that celebrates itself was it's um was its nickname because the bands that made this type of music this shoegaze music um Hung about, they supported each other, they went to each other's gigs, they shared band members. Like many small scenes, that's how it worked. Um uh, and it wasn't working class, it was middle class, it wasn't a um music press friendly, it certainly wasn't NME friendly. The Melody Maker embraced it, but also had its tongue in its cheek and waited for them to fail, which I thought was um was interesting, and we'll get to that later. Uh, given the fact that they, these people were writing from the same backgrounds, um, it was an interesting way to take it. But they did celebrate themselves; they did support themselves, and they lasted as long as they lasted. <laughs> uh, the next band off the um, off the rank, if you like, as far as I, I heard it, and this is what we're doing: a kind of a chronology. It's a band called Ride. by Ride, um, among other things has to be said, is a definitely a 60s influence. We're hearing the birds, we're hearing um, harmonies and we're hearing just atmosphere, atmospheric vocals and we're just hearing great guitar tunes, um, but it's all underpinned with noise. Um, the first track you made me realise by uh, My Bloody Valentine, I remember, famously was... Oh! single of the week and NME anti-melody maker back in the day and ooh it didn't get more exciting than that and what was happening man what was the thing about that song a huge energy a huge like rush to it but it was just a it was a version of rock and roll nobody really put it together um until they'd released some incendiary L E uh, EPs sorry and um one first great LP um, bands like Ride picked up on it and um, what they were all working off it has to be said was two wonderful grandparents um, if My Bloody Valentine can be considered the parents of this shoot-gazing scene then they had uh, grandparents and it won't surprise you at all to find out who they were um, Raid were the sons if you like you know, the, the cheeky, cheeky sons And along came the girls in the form of Slow Dive, so let's hear some of those. Lord Ben, if you would, Alison, by Slow Dive. hope that gives you um, an idea of um, the mighty Slow Dive. Um, their song Alison not among other earliest tracks by any means, but um, redolent of the difference. Like it represents the difference I think between Ride and Slow Dive. They were different, you know, there was an ethereal quality with one side guitar effects really to the fore and the other side. There was this amazing um, pop sensibility um, with just crashing volume, you know, dynamic. But somehow they were best of friends, somehow they were lumped together, somehow they were um, a mini scene before it had a name. Why was that? It was because of their grandparents and um, they shared the same grandparents. Their grandparents were of course the uh, Jesus made Mary Chain from Scotland. And also uh, the cocktail twins from Scotland, so let's just hear exactly why that makes sense. Uh Lord Ben, let's have some never understand, please. <laughs> So Hint of feedback on that one. Um, but let's be honest, um, there is a tune there. Um, underneath that there's a solid gold pop tune, and a lot of people say Jesus and Mary Chain, they're the Velvet Underground, reincarnate, you know, because of the feedback. I don't believe that. I think they're the Beach Boys, I think that what they did was take the the genius of Brian Wilson for writing a pop tune. And put it underneath a racket, you know, a fun punk racket. Um, listen to those, you know, melodies. Ah, they are they're having fun. They're, they're making a great pop single. What about Grandma? You know, let's, Lord Ben, if you would, let's hear from Liz and Rob. Just up the road there in Grangemouth, Mouth, um, not you know, industrial East Co-bride. Um Cocktail Twins, another early eighties through late eighties band, um, and you can hear the direct connection that they are giving both of those bands. They're just bringing, you know, <laughs> Kate Bush's you know ethereal poetry, uh, and and setting it alongside. You know, a, a kind of a guitar effects laden version of the indie music of the time, creating a template. You know, along with them, um, what the Jesus and Mary Chain had to offer, for for those that were listening, um, just just an incredible palette. Palette is that palette again? Is that two palettes, Lord Ben? He reckons that's the second palette. I, I don't know. But we'll find out. We'll find out, no doubt. Um, just just us just creating a niche. Let's say just driving a wedge into everything else that was going on and say, hang on, what about this? Um, and a bunch of acts diving in. Um, and created this scene. A uh, I'm gonna play a few tonight. A few of my favourites. Um, these guys are called Chapter House. A little bit of um, chapter house. Here's some kitchens of distinction. And if there isn't a better band Mm name... three piece, no less. Um, And um, yeah, the guitar effects uh, put through by um, your man there, not singing, not playing the bass, uh, surrounded the whole thing in an atmosphere, you know, the wall of sound idea um, wasn't the block, you know, um, horrifying idea that you might take from that phrase. Um, the idea was that it was a beautiful bouncing experience sort of guitar melody that had reverb in it and evolved just the more you went into that song, And um, that's what gave it, I think, that scene its whole, let's call it transcendent <laughs> quality. It certainly was. The T word was used a lot in reviews around that time uh, to the point of, you know, nausea, to be fair. Um but there were moments in those gigs and in those albums where you were turned, you were you were asked to um, accept if you hadn't, you know, heard something that had made you feel differently than you were before without quite understanding why, you know? A chord change, uh, you know, and, and bands like Mogwai and that have oh, have have gone with this later on. Um, and I wanted to talk a bit about that, I suppose, I mean, um, there were the genres within this tiny genre, a bit like a metal scene, there were, you know, the the, the bands like Curve, who added um, beats to it, and that was their shtick, that was their version of Shoegaze, there was bands like Levitation, who were the progressive rock version, if you can believe it, of um of Shoegaze, um, It was popular in the US. Uh, There was a band called Medicine who did a great thing with beats, but slightly different to curves. There was a huge popularity in Japan, of course, as there is for Henry. Any genre-based thing that's a bit trendy. Um, But, um, you know, I think the the, the takeaway really for me was that um, this was a short period of time. We're talking between... I would say end of nineteen eighty nine and through ninety four, and it was gone and and done. You know, um, the 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 tendrils flow on today. You have bands like um, War on Drugs, uh, Deer Hunter, um, and uh, and another local like indie bands here in, in Brisbane. Even that you know just love that sound. Um, it's 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 an underground thing. It's. You know it when you feel it. I I would say as a music fan, I was delighted and lucky enough to have been there until to have part of the Zeitgeist wrapped to it up, uh, and put it into my little my little locker, uh, my, my heart really for forever more. Um, gonna play a couple more tracks. This is Levitation, and um, purely uh, for the benefit of the Lords of Loud. Um, who love their progressive rock. This is um, Shuggie's progressive rock, levitation with Nadine, and let me just say for you, <laughs> for you, um, for you, critics of, um, you know, of uh, what would you call it, uh, progressive rock, um, of, of 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 which I am not a group. Um, this is one minute and twenty three seconds of Shuggie's progressive rock, especially for you,
1: my friends
0: in isolation. that that's the first full (laughs) full song that ever gets through in a Lord of Lows episode and Lord Ben's the engineer so um, (coughs) he's nodding he's nodding, he's giving me the thumbs up that's incredible, thank you Lord Ben Um, Okay, uh, pressing on pressing on, um, I'm just going to play one little track here and it's um. (sighs) It's hard to do, okay? Cause what it does is it it shows you uh the tropes of the genre while betraying something I love. Um I actually love this song, um, but I hate to think what the rest of the album sounded like. So a band called The Charlotte's came out and they had a song called The Liar, or excuse me, Liar, which was a fantastic single, but you sensed the death knell was tolling with this particular track. But uh, it represents something that lets me know this was a matter of time for this for this sound. Um, but there's a twist in the tale. Along came mom and dad again, <laughs> and they whacked out their opus, whatever they call it. Opus meant to do it album. This is um, this is the first little blast of um, my bloody Valentine's Loveless, and I'll just play it for you and um, see what you think. And hopefully, you'll understand that it it killed the genre at the same time as being the genre. It was bigger than the scene. It ate the scene. It celebrated itself. It gazed at its own shoes, and I wish nothing more for anyone than this. all right so there's a there's a twist to the twist and here's my theory here's my contention it is that The scene that celebrates itself, as called by Snidey, UK, well let's just say it, English middle class reporters, wasn't a scene that celebrated itself. These people were acolytes of a band that could never be touched. That just soared through. They proved it. They came in at the start, they came in at the end, but all through they dropped incredible incredible records and it's really hard to uh, think of a genre um, so uniquely defined by one band and one person. Well, for me, anyway, maybe Lord Al can help me out there from the metal world. What I think is this funny parallel about this is that it it did happen in a short period of time and it did get structurally, you know, deconstructed if you like i just want to play this song or bed if you would I've had a hard time just distilling all of this and, and finally getting round to it. It's taken me, um, you know, a COVID crisis and you know Ben being silent the whole way through it, um, and Alan not being in the room, um, well, Ben, uh, Lord Lord uh, um, Lord Bray is actually here talking about um, you know, various members of the Stones, but. I can't hear him and I hope you neither neither can you. Uh, Alright, so this end segment is pretty pish but uh I'm signing off by saying uh that's my zone that's my genre. Um there it is and um I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you again next time on the World of Loud.